Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching The Ryan and Russ Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you in to another edition of The Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. On today's episode, we're joined by Zach Weiss, who covers the Duquesne Dukes for Pittsburgh Sports Now. He's covered over 600 events for Duquesne, and we welcome him on the show. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Doing good, Zach. Uh, obviously, uh, looking forward to talking a little Duquesne Dukes football. Tell us a little bit about uh, Duquesne Dukes football, because everybody that's a West Virginia fan, you get so dialed into your bubble of FBS football. Duquesne's one of the better FCS programs. Give us a little background on what we should expect from this Duquesne Dukes football program on Saturday. Well, Ryan, it's certainly a spirited squad. There's no doubt about that. And there's a certain standard that goes with this team, right? This is a team that's the winningest in the NEC within the last about decade that's made five of nine titles runs here. So it's certainly a very, very difficult out. There's no doubt whatsoever in that. And it's a team that last year had some challenges with the injuries. And I think when you have injuries, there's a lot of adversity that you have to face as a unit. And quite frankly, they did not answer that bell last year. And really the task has been this season, getting that chemistry, that team standard back, that camaraderie back, and just getting to a point where they fully trust each other on all snaps on both sides of the ball, whatever adversity hits. And Saturday was an important first step in establishing that. But how they respond now to a legitimate opponent, which realistically Saturday was very much a warm-up, will really show the sign, win, loss, or draw, just what will happen with this team and where it needs to improve or where it can go and respond moving forward. Jerry Schmitz in his 19th season, and obviously sounds like he's doing a hell of a job being in your 19th season, never, mo never mind you know, being the most winningest team in your conference uh, in past history. How does this team that West Virginia is going to see this coming weekend stack up against past Duquesne teams? Well, I think, again, you've had a, a commitment to excellence that this team has had. And the last couple of years, maybe with COVID, with injuries, with a lot of these close games last season not going the way that they would like them to go, you have a lot that really has to be proven. And it's it's tough, right? When you have an opponent that you know you're expected to beat and you beat in convincing fashion, there's always the dilemma. How many guys do you play? How much, Whether it's because of performance, whether it's because of injury risk or reduction, whether it's let's get these new guys out there and see what they're made of and try to make some decisions moving forward, which let's be realistic. It's also a possibility that that could happen in either direction on Saturday as well. And it's a team that has some certain strengths. And I think there's a, a couple of things that maybe they're constructively trying to work on from a consistency standpoint, from a depth standpoint, but this team has the tools if it stays healthy and if it continues to believe in each other to make a run at the NEC title and let the chips fall where they may. But really talking to some guys before, during, and after Saturday, it seems like there's a, they're a very upbeat side, but of course you have to see what happens during practice to see how this team progresses, what this team learns and how this team can grow come Saturday, because it's an hour and a half drive. It's a very spirited game. It's a game where a lot of Duquesne fans certainly could make the trip just to 
see the Dukes compete against an opponent that's certainly a top opponent for them. So it'll be, it's always good to see Duquesne challenge themselves against tough teams, regardless of result. And they had a good result at Ohio a couple years ago, one that obviously you guys know that Coach Brown mentioned in his press conference yesterday. So he knows that this Duquesne team is not one that's just going to be an automatic cakewalk, but Duquesne's in for a test. Really, they have the teamwork piece together, but when adversity hits like it very well could on Saturday, we'll see how they can respond to that. And I'm glad you mentioned the Ohio game because uh, in Neil's press conference, he mentioned the Florida State game uh, last year where they showed flashes, whether it was on special teams, defense, it's, uh, team speed that, that really popped his eye. Um, they went to TCU, another Big 12 team the year before that. Speak to just like from an FCS standpoint, and, and you, you also mentioned it where – it was tough for the FCS teams. We're seeing it with Trey Lance in the NFL. They basically had to skip a whole season and then mm-hmm. condense two seasons into one in 2021 after the COVID year. Speak to some of the bye games maybe before the pandemic. I just mentioned the uh, TCU and Florida State games, but just the history. How have they done in these bye games? You mentioned the Ohio result. Have, have they picked anybody else off over the years and had some success? Not necessarily. I think that buy games kind of go both ways. I mean, yeah. certainly sometimes buy games, I think, have a have a, a certain definition that a team is definitely or certainly highly favored to beat another team. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, sometimes it brings your program notoriety. Sometimes it's an opportunity when maybe attendance numbers don't go the way you want to continue to fund the program or continue to get your name out there where recruiting from a recruiting standpoint you see guys that maybe need to get to a level that they feel that they can play more at or they can find a setting that maybe is a better setting for them and when you see that Duquesne's facing these teams some of which you've mentioned then it's certainly more of an attractive option I mean the Duquesne experience is a very unique experience playing on Rooney Field it's a very unique field to play on where the fans are literally sitting right on top of you so it creates an environment that's a challenging environment, and it it's definitely a good fit for some guys. And you see some guys that transfer from from higher programs, like Taj Butts is a perfect example transferring from a D1 school in. And it's something that happens consistently with this program. Jerry Schmidt and his staff, as you said, in his 19 years, it's not his first rodeo. He <laughs> knows what he wants the identity for the team to be, and he wants that identity to be within a physically fast and smart kind of checklist. So he looks for guys that fit that checklist. and playing a team like West Virginia, it forces you to establish an identity like that. And it maybe reinforces the need for a bye game there. You have an identity and you want to establish it and you want to see under duress and an environment that can create some challenges and adversity, how your team shines through, especially when it comes to conference season. And maybe you have to shorten that depth a little bit. You'll have plenty of chances to look at guys on a, a game like Saturday night. And again, that, that alone might be worth the bye game in and of itself. Yeah, and besides, you know, the the money that that can help an FCS program that comes with buy games, maybe you're getting on a national spotlight. You normally wouldn't. There's definitely those things around the program, right? That that uh, people sometimes say, "Hey, you know, why why does the FBS keep playing the FCS? Why should well? Do you know what? It actually helps out these FCS teams. You know, get them more funding, get more exposure. There, there. You know, it, it's it's definitely kind of that that middle ground where where it does work. But specifically talking about this game coming up on Saturday, you know, more of the X's and O's sort of thing. What does Duquesne have to gain or or can gain from playing a team like West Virginia on Saturday? 
it's very much going to be an all-out attack against a Duquesne offensive line that, frankly, is probably a weaker point of this team. It, it's something that they admit that they're a little bit thinner, maybe not weak from a strength position, but weak from a depth position. And that could lead to a long day where the offensive line really has to shine. And they were able to do that on Saturday. The wide receivers coming into the season, kind of an unproven commodity. You have some transfers and then you have guys that maybe not necessarily have been able to pan out or get the time that they've needed because they've been behind other guys so having games like that give an opportunity for guys to really really shine through I mean you have a guy like DJ Powell another transfer who was a six foot three receiver put up 57 yards a couple touchdowns came up with a 50 50 ball those are the kind of plays so you look at these this team you look at some guys you look at a guy like Darius Parentes, the quarterback for Duquesne the starting quarterback and he's a guy that has been able to be mobile in the pocket and he largely made some very good decisions on Saturday but this is a really good opportunity for a guy like him who the job is clearly his the leadership position one of those is clearly his to start making some sound decisions and maybe realizing in 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 game and on film just what he needs to take that step to the next level for himself and for this team. So when you look at it bit by bit, this is a Duquesne team that's going to have a lot of challenges, even the defense, which has been a huge strength that very much was a strength on Saturday, seeing a different level. I mean, this is going to be a very ticked off West Virginia side that's going to come in. It's going to be ticked off for a lot of reasons. I mean, losing your opener is not fun. Losing your opener on the road when you can't play at home is not fun. Obviously, there was some politics there about how Penn State did a, a couple of things there in end-of-game scenarios. So obviously, <laughs> there's a lot there that Duquesne's going to have to weather. But really, the biggest thing for Duquesne to focus on is going to be itself and just taking things a play at a time and not getting overwhelmed by a moment that's really easily able to get overwhelmed from an emotional and a physical standpoint. And it's going to be a raucous crowd. It's a home opener always is. It's been home opener at West Virginia always is. And Duquesne's going to have to be up for that task. And how they handle that task, the noise, what's in front of them, is going to be really, really revealing. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And I'll put you right back on the spot here, Zach. How does Duquesne stay in this game? And do you think they'll stay in this game? And, of course, on the Ryan and Russ show, we always ask for a score prediction. Our Penn State guest uh, last week almost nailed the exact score. He had 38-13 at, at finished 38-15. So the two-point conversion was slightly off. And do you think that the Dukes end up winning the seventh NEC championship under Coach Schmidt during his era? Well, I think the time is very, it's too early to tell to handle that last one. Just watching the first game, it was, it was an inferior opponent and it's a game where you get, it's easy to get yourself up for, and it's easy to get a lot of guys to play and which is what you want to do. But it's hard to tell from one game if they could, I think they certainly have the pieces, but again, the if is always the health part. So that obviously will present a challenge. Can they match up on Saturday? I think it comes down to one, two. I mean, West Virginia is going to come on the field, and I think they're going to play with a sense of entitlement. And for the temperature of this team, that's what they need to do. That's really important for them to find success regardless of mm -hmm. opponent, having a sense of entitlement and playing fearlessly for each other. And it's going to be on Duquesne to match that and match that energy and avoid getting run out of that stadium because they know that it's going to be a very challenging task. And I don't think they're going to be daunted by the moment because of that past resume with facing a lot of tough teams. It's just going to be how they can handle everything. And again, it comes down to that 50-50. There's always that difficult decision. Should I have played this guy maybe a little bit longer to prepare? But I think they look at this weekend as a chance for something to prove more so for themselves than anything else. And I think that's the best way to handle that. 
but do they have enough? I'm not so sure that they do. Uh, it's really tough to predict a score prediction because I apparently I have a really impossible act to follow. I think the defense is really, really good, but if they have allow a couple of big plays, how are they going to respond to that? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it 35 to 17 uh, Mountaineers. I'm going to say the Dukes get game. a little bit going early, but I think that in the second half, I think what is when you have the marathon, not a sprint, right? And I think that's when the home team's going to have a little bit more of a breakthrough, but I don't think that's a slight by any stretch against Duquesne because if they can compete with a team of West Virginia's calendar caliber, excuse me, for a quarter, a half, whatever the case may be, that's definitely something they can take home. And they certainly have the tools to pull off the upset. And more importantly, I I think they have the belief factor, but West Virginia is a very, very tough task, especially early in the season when you're still trying to get some belief going from last season. And I think that's there, but you need to get a little bit more and they're going to have to find a way to push through. I think they can, but score prediction, uh, 24 caliber to my head. I think I'm going to go with the home team holding serve. And, and, and Zach, we, we appreciate it. And Hey, you're probably, I have to think this one through. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say you're our favorite team from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Definitely Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, we, we definitely wish you guys not this weekend, but a great season after this. And I really hope you're wrong with the 35, 17 for Morgantown's sake and our sake. We really need, we, we really need a good one here to get right before Pitt. But, hey, we, we definitely respect it. We, we know this game shouldn't be taken lightly. Great team, great coach. And, and again, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you guys the best for, for the rest of the season to come. Thanks for having me on. And I assume that means no sweet Caroline on Spotify. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, Zach. <laughs> Appreciate it, Zach. Have a good Take day, care, Zach. Guys. Thank you so much. See you, man. Thank you. Yep. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, I hope it's uh, I hope it's a little further than, than 35 to 17. But hey, it definitely a definitely team that that Neil Brown can't can't take lightly, a team that's going to be prepared. Little brother's always ready to go against uh bigger brother, but definitely praying that it's not 35 to 17. But hey, we'll see. Yeah. And, and if the Mountaineers come out and they're kind of feeling sorry for themselves and they're looking ahead to the big one next week, I mean, We've seen it with these games, but I, I I would hope that they can put it a little bit more separation than 35-17. But you know what? I thought Jake last week was a little much on his prediction. He was two points off, so maybe we win this one 37-17 instead. There, there we go. Make up the two points there. So we're obviously hoping for, for more of a blowout. I, I would love to see a zero from Duquesne really show the defense yeah. uh, what they're capable of. Maybe like a nice Townsend score or, or a Long Island, Uni- especially the Long Island University score, whatever that was, like 67 to, to zero. We definitely need one of those wins. Uh, but but Ryan, I will say while that Penn State loss was tough, there's still a couple questions going on in Morgantown. The identity we still need to figure out or work towards and strengthen. Um, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, as we kind of talked about yesterday on the show and a little bit after our insta- uh, instant reaction show on Saturday, it was a bad weekend for the Big 12. Um, Baylor losing to Texas State, uh, Texas Tech losing to Wyoming. Um, I, de- I definitely forget uh, and TCU losing that to yeah. Colorado. Um, definitely. And, and, and what this next week coming up might be the most important week for the big 12. 
Well, especially for the two two of the teams that you talked about that have humongous bounce back opportunities. Uh, Texas Tech, we we've been teasing that uh, look ahead spot that they had to go to Wyoming and they got Oregon coming to them. So they got they got to find a way to bounce back and 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 get that loss out of their system. It's going to be a packed house there at AT and T Stadium in Lubbock, and then Baylor. Uh, Shapin's going to be out a couple weeks. Uh, they they got the Utes coming coming off the big Florida win. So they uh they need to find a way to write the ship in Waco and get to one and one. So two desperate Big Twelve home teams that are taking on top ten teams at home this week. I saw I think Utah's actually twelfth, but Oregon's like Oregon's uh actually Oregon's thirteenth. So two top fifteen matchups uh that Big Twelve teams need to find a way to get a win at home or they're zero and two. Yes, and this is also that week coming up where it's the the old twelve, the I guess the current Big Twelve facing the new Big Twelve with the the Utah yeah. Baylor matchup. I know we have Oklahoma State and Arizona State, and I know there's one more I'm trying to think of. It's not. Um, I thought there was three of them. But You're maybe- probably thinking of UCF and Boise, but because um, that kind of almost was a Big Twelve opponent. Yeah, but anyway, too so. Definitely that that Baylor uh, Utah game. Baylor's going to need to hold on strong, um, especially with yeah. Shapen being out. That's Baylor's in a really bad spot. And then, hey, to start things off Friday night, uh, Illinois at Kansas. That that that's a great way to see where the Big 12's at. I know Jalen Daniels didn't play uh, last week. I guess it was they were being more conservative. He's been struggling with some back injuries, maybe some back spasms, but he's going to need to have a have a good game there because we know Belima. I mean, he can. He, he can play some defense and he can run the ball. So it's, it's definitely, you got you, that matchup. You kind of have the unstoppable force and the immovable object, which one's going to win the more finesse or the more, the more ground and pound game. Uh, Ryan, what are some other games that stick out to you this weekend uh, beyond the, the potential uh, beyond the future big 12 matchups, the debut of the CW network for the Pitt <laughs> Panthers, because since we so we talked about it, the four newcomers, I thought all looked pretty good. Maybe not so much BYU, but Cincinnati and Houston both looked really good. Um, they both go on the road. Houston's got to go to Rice, an in-state little brother angle rivalry. Cincinnati's got to go to Pitt, an old Big East rivalry. Um, the debut of the CW Network is what I'm joking on, and then UCF's got to go cross country to play Boise after Boise took it on the chin in Seattle against a talented Washington team. So the I want to see how the four newcomers handle hitting the road for the first time, or three out of the four. Sorry, BYU um, plays Southern Utah at home rush. I know you got that one circled. Yep. Uh, <laughs> three other three other big, big matchups. Obviously, Texas is going to Alabama. And I think for that game, we all might be SEC fans for that game there. So uh, <laughs> a little introduction to the SEC for Texas. Yeah. Uh, of course, you mentioned Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. Uh, we got SMU at Oklahoma, another one where w- watch out for those Mustangs. They pony up, they they may roll through, and then of ACC. course, <laughs> you 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 yeah, ACC, no kidding. And of course, the, the, I love the I love the ACC. Now you got one on the Gulf Coast. Uh, obviously, you had Notre Dame that was already on the Great Lakes, and 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 then of course two in the Pacific Coast. They might just have to be the Coastal Conference at this point, or hey, maybe they'll just fail like the Pac-12, and we'll we'll scoop up what we need to scoop up. Yep. Uh, but of course, and then you also have Cyhawk, Iowa, Iowa State, which will be interesting. Yes. We all thought Iowa State was going to come out flat because of all, well, everything that's going on there, that that dumpster fire. But hey, did a good job against Little Brother and you and I, a, a team that's actually 
historically played them well. So curious how that's going to uh, transfer over to that Iowa-Iowa State game. Probably first team to get the other team down for two safeties <laughs> will win that game. Uh, probably yeah. got a nice four to three game written all over it. Uh, Football's but back, baby. Football is back. <laughs> Definitely a tough week, week one for the Big Twelve. But hey, this is this is the time. This is the time to bounce it back. And hey, we're, we don't we don't need to go too far. But week three is also around the corner, and we know well. We know the matchup for week three, so can't look ahead of this Duquesne team. Uh, Zach Weiss said it right. You know, if you if you're not careful, they you know we're not wanting the 35 to 17 score or anything closer than that. So got to got to focus on doing business first, and then and then we'll we'll worry about the the enemy from up north. Yeah, and and I'll, one more game that's kind of under the radar. So we've kind of touched on each one. Oh, yeah. The defending champs in the Big Twelve dropped a home game in the non-con last year to Tulane at home because it was a look ahead spot to add Oklahoma. K State goes to Missouri next week. They got a talented Troy team who's got a bunch of veterans back, and uh, they're they're picked to win the Sun Belt. So that's kind of maybe a letdown trap spot for K State. So watch out for that early game in Manhattan. We'll see if they're ready to go and can avoid uh, a hiccup like they did last year against Tulane. Now we we figured out how good Tulane was later mm-hmm. in the year when they beat USC, but Troy's a pretty good football team. So hopefully uh, we don't have another Texas State. Uh, Baylor situation for the Big 12 where we get get caught napping in a look ahead spot. Troy's a good team. I wonder if we ever consider maybe getting a head coach from there. <laughs> yeah, Neil Neil <laughs> Neil started that thing, man. He beat Coach hey. O in uh in uh Baton Rouge. No, he did. He did all right. Uh but He's we, still we need about it. We're, yeah, exactly. Well, we need a couple more of those, Neil. So <laughs> hey, it all, all can be good again. It just obviously this weekend and, and the following weekend. So Hey, well, rest of the week, we have Ethan Bach coming on tomorrow. Going to catch everyone up on some basketball. Final roster, uh, definitely a team that we're really looking forward to this year's basketball team under uh, interim head coach Josh Eilert. And then Thursday, we'll we'll dive a little more into the X and o, X's and O's for the Duquesne game, kind of talk about the mindset and how to stay focused on that game because we all know what's around the corner. Uh, we love you all. We appreciate you all. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. Um, Thank you to those who have been with us since the very beginning. Uh, And of course, we love you all and go Mountaineers. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Mountaineers.